July 19th. Our reading in the New Testament for today will be in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 6 through 21. Now, chapter 4, you may recall, Paul went back to Abraham and David to explain how God declares believing sinners righteous. Now, he goes all the way back to Adam. Adam's sin passed sin and death onto the whole human race. But Christ's obedience gives righteousness and life to all who trust in Him. In our first birth, we became condemned children of Adam. But in our second birth, we are the forgiven children of God. Note the blessings of justification. We have riches, peace, access into God's grace, joy, hope, love, the Holy Spirit. What riches we have in Christ. And trials work for us, not against us. Develop Christian character. How rich we truly are. We'll read about reconciliation. We're at peace with God. And we need to uh, not be afraid. If He did so much for us when we were His enemies, well, just think what He'll do for us now that we are His children. When we belonged to the old creation, under Adam, well, death and sin reigned. Now that we're in Christ, in the new creation, grace is reigning, and we are reigning in life. Listen, you can live like a king by the grace of God. Well, let's read about it now in the New Testament. July 19th, Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 21. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, no one is likely to die for a good person, though someone might be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's judgment. For since we were restored to friendship with God by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be delivered from eternal punishment by His life. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. When Adam sinned, sin entered the entire human race. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. And though there was no law to break, since it had not yet been given, they all died anyway even though they did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did. What a contrast between Adam and Christ, who was yet to come, and what a difference between our sin and God's generous gift of forgiveness. For this one man, Adam, brought death to many through his sin. But this other man, Jesus Christ, brought forgiveness to many through God's bountiful gift. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But we have the free gift of being accepted by God, even though we are guilty of many sins. The sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over us. But all who receive God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin 
brought condemnation upon everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness makes all people right in God's sight and gives them life. Because one person disobeyed God, many people became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many people will be made right in God's sight. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful kindness became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful kindness rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm Pastor George Borkard and this is another Higher Things Video Short. You didn't choose me, I chose you. That's the subject of today's Higher Things Video Short. Three-year lectionary Saturday gives us a shot to look at you didn't choose me, I chose you. And I appointed you to bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. What's the fruit? What's the choosing? Well, first of all, to any of our friends who tell us that they decided for Jesus, we must must tell them, well, first Jesus decided for you. If you believe that you chose Jesus for yourself, then you must admit that Jesus chose you first. In fact, the verb is a middle, which means you didn't choose for yourself, Jesus. He chose for himself you. And there's the gospel. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we're enemies of God, he, he gives his life for us. And he calls us by the gospel and he enlightens us with his gifts. That's the Spirit's work. And so that we believe is all grace. Just like that we're saved is all grace. We don't choose God for ourselves and he chooses us. And he doesn't choose us in order simply to save us. So much of our thoughts about salvation is so self-centered. Like God is going to grab us by the, the belt buckle and by the shirt and throw us into heaven all by ourselves. And that's, that's all he cares about. He chooses us to bear fruit to one another. And that that fruit would remain. And the fruit is love. We live in Christ by faith and in our neighbor by love. And so we're saved. We're chosen for himself not simply to save us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. That's a good thing. But more than that, we're saved so that we might love others as he has loved us with the love that he has given to us. And so we're not saved just for our sake, just as we don't choose God for ourselves. He chose us, and he chose us in a better and more gospelly way than we could ever fathom. He chose us to save us to love others. Think about that. We're saved in order to love others. We're forgiven in order to forgive others. We're mercied in order to mercy others. Can you beat that? The Christian faith isn't about you. It's about your neighbor. Your being saved isn't about you. It's about your neighbor being saved. Your being chosen for himself isn't about you alone. It's so that God in Christ could reconcile the world to himself in the love that you give for those around you. And chosen isn't that you make some sort of decision for Christ. Chosen for himself is... A 
Today we're reading in Psalm 15, verses 1 through 5. We'll see that David loved God's house and longed to dwell there and be in fellowship with God. He yearned to be like the priests who lived in the tabernacle and had constant access to holy things. David wished he could be a guest and pay God a visit. But did he qualify? Or better yet, does anybody qualify? Well, God's children have open access into His presence through the work of Jesus Christ. He is our High Priest and Advocate in Heaven, and He welcomes us. We come on the basis of His righteousness, not our own. But we had better be sure we've experienced the cleansing of Hebrews 10.22 before we rush into His presence. This psalm helps us examine our walk, our works, and our words. The inventory includes our relationship with others, how we keep our promises, and how we use our money. Meditating on this psalm and pondering these qualifications could help us deepen our relationship with God. Psalm 15, verses 1 through 5, a psalm of David. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to slander others or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise persistent sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who do not charge interest on the money they lend and who refuse to accept bribes to testify against the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. Proverbs 19, verses 18 and 19. Discipline your children while there is hope. If you don't, you will ruin their lives. Short-tempered people must pay their own penalty. If you rescue them once, you will have to do it again. Again.